Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden, and also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan, Keith Steigert, Uber Reader and Romance Junkie, Pat Greiner, she has the head of an English major and the heart of a sci-fi nerd. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. I was trying to talk my mom into watching Doctor Who because she was talking about she's watching some show or she was watching. I don't know. It's something about a girl who goes back in time and ends up in Scotland. Oh, falls in love with somebody. Outlander. It's Outlander. Outlander. No clue what you're talking about, Mom. That's way different than <laughs> I love that Bonnie. That's not the same genre, for sure. I love that Bonnie just made Outlander sound like a niche market that no one's ever heard of. Just uh, some awesome. show about a time traveling woman in Scotland, and everybody's <laughs> like, Scotland. Outlander! <laughs> Only Bonnie could make that sound like like this like indie niche market. No, <laughs> that was really what fun. This is called, but uh, apparently. Well, I've been living under a rock for the last, I don't know, how many years? Clearly <laughs> seven. Yeah, I feel Us. like it's a decade, right? Yeah. yeah. For the books, for yeah, at least. Oh. All right, guys. Oh, okay. We're very excited because it's just a few days away. Our live event is coming up on Friday night at Full Circle Books. We'll begin at seven and we're totally pumped. We hope you're going to be there because it's going to be fun in Oklahoma City. And, it's on and, April Fool's, and, but we're and, not taking any shenanigans. No, no shenanigans. <laughs> Plus, no shenanigans. you know what Unless else? Unless it's drunken shenanigans. Oh, drunken drunk shenanigans. shenanigans. Those are highly, highly. I did. Highly. I did invite my coworkers to the live uh, event. Oh, Let's hope oh. they actually show up, huh? Don't hold your breath. <laughs> well, the great thing is, is we are actually right in between surges right now. So, that would be COVID. Surgery. I don't like yes. the way you say that. I didn't either. Or <laughs> pretend that we're at the end. We're right in between surges. It's the perfect convergence of time for everybody oh to come God. to the show and go out and party afterwards without having to worry about the plague and what. Why are you putting that in the universe? <laughs> you say it like the bears. Guys, <laughs> yeah, right? the bears. have you seen Miami right now? Have you seen the UK? It's not No, I'm good. trying not to. No. Anyway. I'm living in a happy bubble of denial. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, please don't pop my bubble of yeah. denial. And this is why I've been under a rock for yeah. the last seven mm-hmm. years. Well, it, Although, it's, you know, if we have to go into a lockdown, seven. I still have a long enough TBR to like be okay. Yeah. Well, it's going to be, we're going to have fun anyway. Sadly, Pat's not going to be able to join us. But other than that, we're going to have a full complement of book girls on hand to party it up and have a very fun time together. And today, in preparation for the fun time, 
we have an author that's joining us who's actually going to be doing yes. an event on Saturday. Uh, yeah, is it on Saturday? It's mm -hmm. on Saturday, Okay, yeah. it's on Saturday at Full Circle Books. So yep. like I said, the planets have aligned. So we've asked her to come on the show today so that she can tell us all about her book. And then when you guys come to Full Circle, you can get a signed copy. Yeah, so and I was so excited when I saw you guys were doing the live event. I was like, this works out so well, so... So Jenny, Jenny Peterson, she goes by JC Peterson is with us today and she's going to be reviewing a book and then we will be reviewing her book as is our custom. Jinx! <laughs> buy me a Coke! Yeah, shut I'll up. I'll buy you a shot. Ooh, a shot. We can that do shots. We're going to shot. We go out, out to Chili's afterwards and... But we'll definitely Only if be. I'm not driving. We're we'll such partiers at the Chili's. Uh, yeah, well. but you know what? Now <laughs> Uber Uber's Shut charging it. Uber's charging an extra gas fee now, so it kind what of. What the fuck? Well, gas is ninety million dollars a gallon. It's not. Have you seen <laughs> the price of gas here lately, you guys? It's no higher now than it was before all this bullshit. Well, I'm seriously coming there just so I could take is. all the what gas because it's four twenty nine still here. Not, dude, I. I just filled up my tank the other day and it was $41 before all of this crap happened. It took me $20 to fill up my tank. So it's double the it's price. It's like three fifty a gallon. That's not that high. No. It's three seventy. dollars Yeah. Well, clearly a Mustang is cheaper gas right now because I only paid three fifty six yesterday. I paid I did pay three sixty one at the Conoco right in the middle of downtown that's like not manned that has like four pumps right by the Y. Like I went to swim and I was like, if that still says 361 when I come out, I'm getting gas because I'm at half a tank. And I came out, I was like, yes. It's coming down, <laughs> I'm telling you. So Dude, anyway. the second I get out of Pennsylvania, I'm going to buy gas in all the states because it's got to be cheaper than it is here. Keith's a trooper, man. She's driving all the way from Pennsylvania for the event. So when you see her, Road trip. you got to be sure to give her lots of kudos for making the trip. You guys better appreciate me this time because I might never be able to come back. Oh. Sigh. Not you really. say that, but you will. You love us too much. We keep trying That's to get true. Mr. Keith to move. Eventually we'll break him. Jenny, where do you live? I'm in Denver, but I lived in Oklahoma City for like seven years. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We love Denver. Wait, were you at our live show? Oh, oh no, I wasn't. We, okay. I was like, wait, I don't, you don't look familiar. That's yeah, why way, like, to call, way to call well, her we out, were Megan. In Boulder, really. <laughs> yeah, it was Boulder. Yeah, where, where were you at in Denver? We were in Boulder, we were in Boulder at Trident. Trident. Boulder is like outside of my bubble. I now like stay in my little five mile middle of Denver bubble where it's like, I hear that. Hey, I have to drive 10 miles. Yeah. That's, but we're driving tomorrow morning. Uh, we're taking off tomorrow morning and stopping in Santa Fe and then shooting mm. across to Oklahoma City. Love Santa Fe. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. Our, our kids have never been, so we're going to just take like a day there, walk around. Nice. Awesome. That'd be but... so nice bringing your children. Well, I would say I looked at the weather and it's going to be cold for Oklahoma is, for yeah. like early April. So, I mean, people are going to want to be indoors, right? Because when is we look- supposed to be? Let's be in like the low 60s. Yeah. Well, that's which I was surprised. I was expecting it to be a little warmer. Notice she said for you- yeah, I noticed that too. I was like, wait a minute, it's 79 there this week. And when I go, it's like in the 60s. It's going to be I'll eight, it. It's going to be it's 80 to rain. on Monday. Right. Yeah. Yes. Which see, here's, here's the downside. When we hit 80 and then we hit 60 is when we get the spinnies. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's not and good. Tuesday, they're calling for happen. storms. Yeah. So, yeah. so we're going to have interesting. So be careful times. driving on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I always talk about this because I, I lived in Oklahoma and we, we had like oh, yeah, tornado right. warnings, but I never saw a tornado until I went to go visit family in Michigan. And that was the first time I like actually <laughs> saw a tornado. Oh, wow. Yeah. Never right. You lived here, up. so you're used to the spinnies. Yep. I'm used to, yeah, yeah. Spinnies. I still don't like them. I'm hoping they don't happen. I don't think anybody likes them except right. like those people that hunt them. That go I'll tell you what them. though, I always say that if I ever turn on my weather, my weather radio goes off and if I'm like, as long as I turn on the TV and Valcaster's little car is not sitting in Edmond, I am probably okay. And then there was a couple mornings like last spring that I turned on the TV and Val's car was on 35, like right by my house. And I was like, oh shit, I better duck. The night, the day that the El Reno tornado duck. hit, there were five or six tornado chasing vehicles at, right outside of our neighborhood. Yeah, oh no, God. I passed them. Yep. I'm trying to get to your house yep. because that's where. Did you guys see the video of the Chevy in Texas? Yes. Yes. Holy shit. The truck oh, Keith, you have to find it to post. So there was like right a car. Through- he was. Yeah, he okay, was like, you have to give me more information than the video Chevy of the Chevy in Texas, because that's, <laughs> it's, that's it's not going to help you. He, so it's like a divided highway, right? So you have two, like, like when you go towards Martha's house, you have the two lanes and like the median. And then this Chevy was like turning across to like go the other it's direction. Like Chevy go, pickup. Yeah, like away from the tornado, because like he could see it or whatever. He doesn't make it. I mean, he makes oh, it. Oh, no. He makes <laughs> it. Him. It hits he, him. Yeah, it, it hits it, him. Flips him on his side. He's spinning like a top on oh. his side they in the tornado. Him back up. Yeah. That's flips the worst amusement his, park ride ever. Puts him back on his wheels and then he just drives off like he nothing happens. Away. Was he videoing like on his phone? No, all somebody else no, was, it was video. like another somebody storm chaser was like videoing somebody him. Somebody else was like, look at this. He had like rock. a selfie up. I'm like, that no. doesn't seem. Oh, it's no, crazy. You. I can't believe you know, he you, just drove away. Like I'd be damaged up. to the truck just because it'd make such a good story. You you wouldn't want to have the dings and stuff. No, fixed. I, I'm like, sure. Did yeah. you know the driver was a 16 year old boy? Yeah. Oh, no. no. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I they heard interviewed that. him on um on the news. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, he Poor was kids. Six- like I'm never driving again. Dude, and my 20 in, year old would be like paralyzed in, for life. It was in Elgin is where it happened. You guys are funny. You're like, ha, 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 let's watch this kid almost die. No, but like it was so crazy. Like it was like straight up like a Hollywood moment. Like that scene should yeah. have been in Twister. It was like, like I was thinking the same thing. It was like yeah. 10, like, it was like was 10 like seconds. Moment. 10 seconds of here comes the tornado. Tornado hits the the truck truck flips and then he drives away. So it was like 10 seconds. God. Yeah. My kid loses like, yeah. his shit. If somebody honks at him in traffic, I can't even imagine. I would be like the girl from bridesmaids where she's walking across the street. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. That would be me. And you I just, just sink down in the middle I of the road, sink down in the middle of the road and let go. <laughs> I mean, once your wheels are off the ground, that's pretty much all you can do until and hope it flips you back the right way. I mean, that's crazy. I know. Yeah, everyone was like, this needs to be like Chevy's new commercial. Like, Chevy tough. (laughs) Chevy tough. (laughs) Yep. Messed up. Okay, ladies, shall we move along to do some reviews now? Uh, Yes. Vaughn, speaking of terrifying experiences. (laughs) (laughs) Surely you have something that fits the trauma porn bill. 
Well, there is actually a quote in my book that refers to people as uh, danger junkies. Hmm. Oh, see there. Okay. Perfect. And you know, I'm all about some trauma porn. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. I had hey. no idea. No, I thought you only read really? cozy food mysteries. <laughs> That's it. Okay, so I know everybody who's listened to the podcast knows that I'm a huge uh, Deadliest Catch junkie. Freaking love that show. I've been watching it on Discovery. I'm on season 17, so I'm almost all the way caught up. <laughs> she likes I literally did not fisherman. know this about you. I did not know this really? about you. Oh Where my have God, you been? I love Deadliest Catch. This is why she loves love the big it. burly fisherman. Oh, yeah, fair enough. And um, Flannel and beards, man. So just because I was curious, I Googled Deadliest Catch on the library app and found a book. No way. Yeah. So, you know, I had to read it. Um, it's called North by Northwestern by Captain Sig Hansen, who is one of the boats that's on Denley's Catch. Are you laughing at me? Yes. Why? Because <laughs> the boat is by Captain Sig Hansen. <laughs> Captain Sig Hansen. <laughs> and that's well, hilarious. if it was written by a doctor, it would have been doctor whatever. I know, but hey, it's man. just so, oh, so Vonnie. <laughs> Listen, you guys can fangirl so over your crap. I can fangirl over my crap just because they're different. Doesn't mean it's any less important. A lot of women love a book in uniform. Uh, uh, really? Uh, that that's was a, good. That's a that book, was good. That's a book that in uniform, good. all right. So this book is, of course, a nonfiction because it's uh, Sig Hansen kind of telling his story on how he became a fisherman and about the story of his family and everything else. It's pretty interesting in the fact that Sig Hansen was born in the United States, but his parents immigrated from Norway. So he talks a lot about uh, the Norwegian immigration to America. Um, he also goes into a lot of the history of Norway, a lot of it that I did not know. Um, he talks about some of the folklore. Um, with did the you Viking. say folklore? You did. <laughs> I did say it. Folk. Folklore. Folk. 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 Folklore. Folklore. <laughs> I think we need to leave it as folklore. Oh, we're leaving you it guys in. are mean. We're totally leaving it in. It's, it's very folklore good because it's something you can sink your teeth into. It's got nice. some meat. <laughs> <laughs> but he talks about a lot of the um, different folklore stories about the Vikings. He talks about the, a little bit about the repercussions of the German occupation of Norway during World War II. Knew there had to be World War II in here somewhere for you. <laughs> well, right, because I, I didn't know that going into reading this, I will just say. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not all just about being on Discovery Channel and being part of a um, documentary series and, and everything. He does talk about that and about how his life changed when all of that happened, it was interesting. You know that I am a danger junkie of trauma porn queen. <laughs> and I love. We told you totally trauma. need, you need a shirt that says trauma porn queen. I do. You really do. I need one that says trauma porn queen. Um, and I love history. And this book had all of that. 
And it's always interesting to kind of listen to the backstory of somebody who you watch on TV and you're a fan of, because it's almost like you're sitting down and talking to them. Like I'm not a real big fan of like gossip magazines and tabloids and all of that, but to sit down and listen to a story narrated by the person that you watch on TV. And it's almost like having dinner with them and just listening to them talk. And I love that. So it was, it was really great. And I think even if you're not a huge deadliest catch fan, the history behind Norwegian immigration and the history of Norway and the little bit of the Viking folklore that's in the book. (laughs) We're terrible people. (laughs) Sorry. It makes it worth it. It makes it, it makes it worth the read. Definitely. Um, Plus it's not very long. So if you just want something short in between books, like something to cleanse your palate, this is a nice short little read. I think I read it in a day. It's awesome. Found out some new things. I always like learning new things. And that again was called North by Northwestern by Captain. Captain! And I wish Captain. Dude, I looked at a picture of him. He's pretty cute. I'd call him Captain. <laughs> He's got hey, two baby, brothers. Call me saying. Captain. I mean, those people are just so down to the earth. Uh, Down to the water. So they like, it wet. they like oh, it wet. There it is. Thank you, Vonnie. They get down and dirty with it, baby. Just boy. Why don't we put Jenny's feet to the fire? Sure. Go for it. Do you want me to talk about the book that I just read and loved? Sure. Or do you want me to sit and listen? No, no. Oh, no. No, you oh, definitely no. have to You're review up. a book. That's the deal. You come <laughs> yeah, on our show. You are you gotta, on the hot seat. You review somebody else's book and, and Megan's got I'm you. I'm tired of hearing their recommendations. I need fresh meat. This book came out last year and I am halfway through the companion novel. So I'm, I'm going to talk about the first one, but it's called The Wisteria Society of Lady Scoundrels. It's by India Holton. Um, and it just... It's one of those books that from like the very first chapter, it feels like it like grabbed hold of me and did not let go until the end. And I read it, I I use a library app. And so I read it on my phone and it was one of those, I finished it and I went to the bookstore and bought it because I loved it so much. So it's kind of bananas. I'm going to try and explain the premise, but just, (laughs) just trust that it is like so fun and it makes you like smile the whole time. It takes place in Victorian England and it is technically it's historical fantasy, but it's written with a modern voice. And it's about a, a lady pirate named Cecilia, but she's, these aren't pirates that are like on the ocean. They're pirates who have found an incantation to make their houses fly. And this is just normal in this Victorian society. They're called, they're called like their battlements, right? They have their houses and they just float through the sky with cannons and like take other people out. And it's so great because it's it's this weird mix of being very, very proper where they're like, oh, we it's tea time. So we need to like set our house down and have tea and then we're going to go rob somebody. It is That's amazing. So much fun. It's just it's just wild, wild. And it's a really great romance, too. It's one of those where is the love interest. His name is Ned. 
and he is also a pirate. But in this world, the women are definitely the ones that run the show. So they're like this dude pirate, like, I guess he's okay, but it's the women who are the ones that are in charge. And they're like, their banter is so on point. They, the way that he says, madam, by the end, you're like, damn, madam is so sexy. It's just, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. And then she has a companion novel that actually came out like two weeks ago. It came out the same day as my book, actually. And I still made sure to go pick it up. Um, That's called The League of Gentlewomen Witches. And it's about, takes place in the same world, takes place like same time. Um, But it's about a witch and one of the male pirates that we meet in the first book. And they're trying to like steal this, this witchcraft amulet, but truly the voice is so, so amazing. And one of those, I really like voicey novels that tends to be where I live. I like, and I love historical fantasy novels that are told kind of in an anachronistic way. You know, they have that modern voice. They're not trying to sound like it's, you know, 1837. And so this just hit every single thing for me. It's so much fun. I'm trying to think of anything else I can say about it because I just, it's like, it's so, so cool. It's so cool. So again, that's the Wisteria Society of Lady Scoundrels. And then her next one is the League of Gentlewomen Witches and it's by India Holton. Yay! It sounds so good. Truly, it's so good. (laughs) I'm down for any Victorian England book and then you add like fantasy to it. Yeah, that sounds like it's right up your alley, Megan. Yeah, I'm like about to Google that on Libby right now. (laughs) I love me some some, uh, boss girl pirates, too. I mean, that's awesome. (laughs) Well, I kind of want to listen to it on audio. Did you listen to it on audio? No, I am. I'm really bad at listening to audiobooks. I tend to like my mind wander. So I have to read. Because I I really want to hear that madam and like a great, sexy, (laughs) gravelly British voice. Right. Yes. It's really great. And it's enemies to lovers too, which is always a favorite trope because I love banter and I love like really sharp back and forth dialogue. And so Ned and Cecilia are super, super great. Totally here for that. Yes, (laughs) I agree. Megan. Am I up? Oh, I have to stop coloring Spencer. Yes, you're up because you're the one that's going to review Jenny's book, right? Are you reviewing? Yes. Yes. I did. Jenny, published under J.C. Peterson, if you're trying to find her. So we, we're just confusing everybody now by calling you calling you Jenny. Don't worry, I confuse my cool with this. Yes. So I got to read Being Mary Bennett by our lovely guest, J.C. Peterson. And I loved every minute of it. It was so cute. Um, so we have our main character, Marnie, and she's at like a fancy boarding school on the West Coast in like tech land. And she just is like that awkward girl that we all think we are in high school, I feel like. Like she's like very bookish and is just like, I have to outdo all my siblings because she has several older siblings who are quite a bit older than her and who are all, you know, they've won the awards and they've got their life together. And she's just like, I'm here. Like, she's almost like the stare, like middle child, right? Like she's just, I have to beat them. And you're like, it's probably never going to happen for you, but it might. <laughs> <laughs> and she is head over heels in love with the boy next door, um, who is, is engaged to like their other friend, right? Yeah, it's another friend. So we have... And now I've blanked on his name. His name is Hayes. 
Yes. I was like, I know it's something with an H. So uh, Marnie's in love with Hayes because Marnie is convinced that Hayes saved her life. Very like knight in shining armor one day and pulled her out of a rip current and like saved her life. She's head over heels, even though he is engaged to the, their other friend. And it's just kind of her pining for him a little bit here and there. And oh, Hayes. Hayes is like the biggest walking red flag. <laughs> like, That's a really good description. He's just, you got it. Like he kind of almost leads her on because he's like, my girls, my bet, you know, I got to see my girls and her sisters and stuff. And she's taking all of that as like, oh, I'm supposed to be with him. And he's going to fall in love with me a senior in high school and leave his like college girlfriend behind, which we've all had those relationships where like, you're like, he's going to fall in love with me. He's going to see the light. So it was very, I feel like I'm very identifiable for a lot of people. But the big, the big part of that story is she's trying to win this contest that like her sisters have won. And you have to do like almost like a service project, I think would be the best way to describe it. And they judge it. And it's like this whole big contest. And you have to have like a mentor and all this stuff. And she can't like settle on a project for the first couple of chapters. She's just all over the place. She ends up doing a very bookish thing that I think is adorable. And if a, a animal shelter did this, I feel like we would all go. <laughs> she settles and does this thing where she takes like the library's bookmobile to an animal shelter. And the kids that normally come to like Saturday reading at the library read the books to the dogs that are up for adoption. It's the best freaking idea ever. It really I mean, is. I would Coming that. from a Libraries, former preschool teacher, I would take my class to it. Libraries legit do this because I looked it up. Oklahoma City Public Library does it. It's a real <gasps> That's thing. That's awesome. Yes. They're doing hmm. one like in a couple weeks. It was after I was going to be back home. Um, So when she gets there, like her coordinator slash helper at the animal shelter is Wit. And he is the exact opposite of Hayes. He is so like just the the truly the guy next door that like you want Hay that she wants Hayes to be, I feel like would be the good way to describe him. And they have a little back and forth and it's their relationship's really cool. I loved him like when he like makes the posters and it was so cute. I was like, oh he loves her and she's hung up on this stupid red flag over here. Like, and it was, I loved every minute of it. And so it's just, and you get a little bit more of the dynamic between her and her siblings and how much of that sibling rivalry is like in her head versus how her sisters and her family view her. Uh, her mother is to me, the very stereotypical LA like socialite. Like she's like, we have to be at the parties and we have to be all the perfect things. And her dad's like the low key, like tech guy. Who's just like, yeah, here I am in my turtleneck and like <laughs> sweatshirt, I feel like is how he would roll up just about anywhere. Um, there is a there's a secret drama that she doesn't know about between her like rival at school's father and her own father. So that's kind of interesting and in how that plays out. The reason it's Mary Bennett is because she's telling herself that she's not going to be Mary Bennett and be the one that's always saying no and not doing things and just being kind of like secluded in her own bubble. So that's why she's like, I'm not going to be Mary Bennett. I'm going to say yes to everything this year. It's kind of like how she ends up in a lot of situations she ends up in. And her roommate's awesome. Um, her roommate's so bubbly. Like you just want to be her friend. And she's like, you're not, not going to be my friend. So I'm here deal with it. And that was fun. If you love classics, 
if you've read all the books, I mean, there are so many amazing references to Anne of Green Gables and Wuthering Heights and, of course, yes. Pride and Prejudice. I mean, they're just everywhere and they're so fun. They're like little Easter eggs to uncover everywhere. Yeah, it was such a fun read. I and I'm not I'm I have a hard time sometimes doing digital and I still was like, oh, my God, this is great. Like I was texting in our group chat like this is so good. Like I've been loving this so much. Um Highly recommend it. Definitely go pick it up. Come see us. Come see uh, JC in OKC on the. You'll be there on the second because we're there on the first. Mm-hmm. And if I have to push people out of the way to get the book, I will. So beware, everybody. <laughs> yes, it's super fun. I really enjoyed it, and that um, was being Mary Bennett by JC Peterson. And I'm sure Keith has things too, because we well, both read it and really liked it. Yep. Jenny, did I did I miss oh. any points that you're like, hey, come back to this. You forgot no, this. Totally. That was it. It's Marnie trying not to be a weird little gremlin anymore. Yes. So, <laughs> that's what the book is about. I felt that on a deep, deep level. <laughs> I loved Marty. I thought she was great. I wanted to kick her in the teeth a few times, but oh, she was great. Me too. <laughs> I mean, how as, great characters are. Right. Like as the writer being like still making your do these terrible things in the beginning where I'm like, oh God, this is awful. But you just yes. girl had to make mistakes and learn. Yeah. I loved it. I liked her relationship with her sisters as the book progressed. And yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I really liked it. Thank you. Cool. So be sure to come to Full Circle. Uh, you'll be at the event too, won't you? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I'm so going to come to your guys' live taping. I was going to yeah. say, we'll introduce her at the event and you can purchase your your book that night or come back for her signing the next day. Whatever you want to do. Keith, Keith, are you ready? Okay. So the book I'm reviewing this week is called Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus. It is going to be available on April 5th. There are a ton of really good books coming out on April 5th. I don't know what it is about that day, but this book. Now, see, I feel bad because I just reviewed a book that I was like, oh, my gosh, this is the best book I've read all year. And now I'm going to be like, "Okay, this book is one of the best ones I've read all year. And it's only March. But this is an amazing book. Basically, this book takes place in the late 1950s, early 1960s. Uh, Our main character, her name is Elizabeth Zott. And I've made like a new catchphrase for myself. And I just keep thinking, what would Elizabeth Zott do? (laughs) I want to make the T-shirt. I want to make the bracelet. Like I want to do all the things. In the late 1950s, early 1960s, obviously, women had a much different role than they have right now. Elizabeth Zott was the kind of woman, she's everything you shouldn't be in that time period. She's this amazing career woman. She's highly educated. She has her master's in chemistry. She was going for her doctorate and due to some really awful circumstance that was probably way too common back then, she couldn't get it. She's extremely opinionated and she is a single mother. She never married the man that she was in a relationship with. She was in a relationship with him for two years and she just didn't want to get married because she didn't want to have to change her name. She didn't want people to see her as a Mrs. Whatever. And his name was Calvin Evans. He was the love of her life. And unfortunately he befalls an accident and he dies pretty early on. She 
works for jerks. Um, she's trying so hard to get ahead and everything she does, her work is stolen and um, people take advantage of her. And Calvin is her soulmate. He is this, they're both very quirky. They're both, um, I mean, they're, they're just so into science. They don't understand people that aren't. They don't understand people that don't think that what they're doing is the most important thing in the world. She is a specialist in, and I'm going to say it wrong, abiogenesis, which is abiogenesis. That's probably it. Um, and it's basically talking about how the Big Bang happened, what happened to make the first humans. And it's like on a cellular level and a chemistry level and things like that. So she's doing really important work back in the time and she's not getting anywhere because she's a woman. And that's really the only reason because she's not getting anywhere. She's not paid anything nearly like what the men are. And she's the single mother with no other income except at this terrible company that doesn't pay her what she's worth. She's also an amazing cook because chemistry and cooking are the same thing. So, and she's this incredibly beautiful woman, which is almost the only thing that gives her a pass, but in a way it pushes her back even further because so many people are like, you know, you could be a model or you could be the, and she's like, um, science. So she's offered a job as a cooking show host and she takes it because it's so much more money than being a scientist and being a researcher. And so she stars in this cooking show and she teaches chemistry during the cooking show. Like she doesn't ever say salt. She, she says sodium chloride and she's like that with everything. And she says H2O and she writes things on her little board uh, about like what chemical compounds are. And people love this show. Even the television station hates what she's doing, but all these women everywhere love what she's doing. And she creates this, this movement within what she's doing of empowerment for women I mean, obviously it's fiction, but I wish so heartily that she had actually done this and she had existed. Um, she's just amazing. She goes through so much garbage and yet she just keeps plodding along because as much as she never thought she would be the mother in kind, she just adores her child and she raises her the way she wants to write, like not the way a conventional person would. And I think what I loved most about the whole book was that her attitude in the face of all the diversity she, she, that she faces, it just made me sad throughout the whole book that the world was ever like this. And then it saddened me even more because I'm like, I think we've come so far. And then I can also think of all the ways we haven't come far enough. It was amazing. It really makes you think on so many freaking levels. I mean, it makes you grateful that we are where we are, but I mean, obviously we're not far enough yet, but it just brings all of that to light. And it's just such a fun story too. I, this is a debut novel and I couldn't believe it because it's just so well done, but I think it's going to be big, honestly. And that was called Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus.
Awesome. Sounds good, actually. And there's no Megan blushes at all. Wow. That's rare. (laughs) No spice. It's really not romantic. I mean, their idea of romance is not (laughs) what I generally read. So if you're thinking, oh, but it's a Keith book, it's really not. Anything can be anybody's book. Last. That's true, too. Last but certainly not least, Ms. Griner. Ms. Griner. Okay, I am taking us back because my book came out 63 years ago. Oh my gosh. But it is very current because it's been in the news in the last couple of weeks. The book is called Endurance by Alfred Lansing. And it is the story of Ernest Shackleton's ill-fated to the Antarctic, which if you, if you, uh, well, they found the ship. They found the remains of his ship a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, we've seen the the pictures are cool. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's nice to hear that there are some agreements in place that mean it won't be exploited or taken apart. They're going to preserve it as it is. And you mean they won't Titanic it and take half the shit off of it? Pretty much so. Mm. But uh, yeah, yeah. To set the scene for this, the Endurance, which was the name of the ship, in 1914 set out. Their goal was to reach the Antarctic, anchor there, make a camp cross the Antarctic continent by dog sled, which would have made them the first people ever to do that. And then there was supposed there would be another ship on the other side waiting to pick them up. Well, they set off to do this. This is before radio was available on ships. Once they're out of sight of land, they are out of touch with anybody. They're still in a wooden ship. It's before you had metal jacketed icebreakers. And so they get down there. No, I mean, once they're out of sight, nobody knows how well they're doing. They get into the, they don't even make landfall at Antarctica. The ice closes in around them so rapidly that it traps their ship and they can go nowhere. They are just stuck as like they'd had cement poured around them. And the ice is growing and slowly crushing their ship underneath them. They sit there and listen to beams pop and and know that their ship is being crushed and that no one's even going to know that they might be in trouble for months because they aren't expected on the other side of the continent for months. So for a couple months, their ship is slowly crushed under them until it's no longer inhabitable. And then they camp literally on the ice flows, moving and the ice flows are shifting around under them and leopard seals are coming up onto the ice floes and trying to eat them and trying to eat their sled dogs. Trigger warning, the dogs do not survive this story, but they are the only ones who don't. The amazing thing is that <laughs> Shackleton, like, no. <laughs> the amazing thing, and this isn't too much of a spoiler alert because it all happened 107 years ago, but Shackleton managed to get his entire crew back alive from this and the story of how they did it, it's almost more unbelievable than a lot of fictional things because what they endured and what they did to overcome things is absolutely almost beyond human imagining. It's one of my favorite, I read it probably 30 some years ago and fell in love with the story then and read it. I don't reread things much, but I reread this one a couple of years ago and it is one of the most compelling stories, true stories in the world. So yeah, there's my heartfelt endorsement for Endurance by Alfred Lansing. 
And some perfect timing, too, because now we have the photos of the actual ship. Mm -hmm. And it's, I mean, it just sends chills up your arms looking at that stuff. So eerie. Yes, it is. It's just like, oh. It it reminds, I know it's because of the cold, but it reminds me of like when Bob Ballard went down uh, to the Dead Sea and there's like a ledge where the Dead Sea becomes dead. And like anything that rolled over that edge is like perfectly intact because there's no oxygen to like break it apart. Mm. Like he, they could take the rover and look over the edge and see like an entire intact like dolphin that had died and fell onto that let off that quote unquote ledge. I'm sure it's not quite like that, but and it would be like and so that the seeing the pictures of the endurance reminded me a lot of that. Something I heard too that was really interesting. Uh, just heard it on NPR a couple uh, a day or two ago was an interview with one of the guys who was on that expedition that found the endurance. And he said that Shackleton, he was a, he was a Brit and uh, I mean, both Shackleton was, and this guy was, but he said that he was, he's still ranked as I think among the top five figures out of history that British people admire most. And Shackleton is in the top five on that list. Although he never had a successful expedition, he made four Antarctic expeditions. He died on his fourth one. He was only in his 40s. Wow. Uh, and he never achieved any of his goals. But he, what his Ew. genius was that when the shit hit the fan, that man could organize and inspire and get people through the tough stuff. And I think that's very cool that that's one of the people the British admire most. It's like, yay, Britain. You know, yeah, you didn't cool. have to you don't have to be a prize winner in order to be admired. Uh, and yeah. that is really a, a, I like that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like yeah. I need that in my office. <laughs> and we should all get signs. We should I've watched some documentaries on Antarctica, like people trying to explore Antarctica e- even today with modern technology. And it's so dangerous. It's so brutal. I mean, people still don't make it past or back from those expeditions because it's just, I mean, and those leopard seals, holy crap. They're you, mean, right? Like they'll eat yeah, you. Oh, those things are, are creepy. So and you like, have oh. really aggressive orcas in the South. I know a lot about my, my <laughs> seven-year-old's favorite animals in orca whales. So like uh, we've learned so much about orcas. <laughs> But they're like uh, the pods have uh, taught themselves to beach to like get pups. Yes. Get so a video that. about that. And it was like, so creepy. Back with, yeah, it's intense. Yeah, because yeah. they'll like beach up, right? And like get the sea lions or the seals or whatever. And they're not them. nice like Shamu, man. No. <laughs> no, they're like they're considered the alpha predator. Even yeah. sharks steer clear of orcas. They're pretty amazing. Yeah, I've watched some stuff on orcas, too, and they can get pretty brutal. Yeah, I remember you guys when know those things are dolphins. Yep. Yeah. What uh-huh. is that? That's crazy. They're at, yeah, they're pretty part of that family. dolphins. We call them whales, but they're actually considered. But that's dolphins. why they're so smart. They're smart like smart like the dolphins. Mm-hmm. I mean, whales are smart too. Mm-hmm. But like you think of dolphins as being kind of like really smart. So that doesn't. Dolphins dol- are smart. Dolphins are they're- the whale family. Like it's they're yeah. they're really related. Mm-hmm. Sorry to go into dolphin and whale talk. <laughs> I love it. You know what? I it's did it. Talk in my house. <laughs> we're, we're just going to, you know, and if you wanted to find a, kind of a weird novel to tie into the whole, um, to the boat, orca, whale. Are you going to talk about your dolphin love book? Dolphin. <laughs> no. That of book course. never dies. That book never dies. By listen nutting. 
You're not. Was that really where you were going with yep. that? Yes. That's oh my God. Was going. Well, I wanted to talk. <laughs> I, I really wanted to end with the corpse flower that's blooming right now in Oklahoma City. Yes. Okay. What the hell is the deal with that? Okay. Does so, it actually smell? Oh, I haven't smelled it yet, but yes, I think it, it does. It's supposed to smell like a rotting corpse. So, I stood in line for hours to see one, and it didn't smell. <laughs> Yeah, it takes a while. So wait, people want to smell it? Yes. That's gross. Okay, so this plant, when they got it as a seedling, was eight and a half years ago. It takes that long for it. (laughs) They've been waiting for eight and a half years for this rotting corpse to uh, festoon the myriad I know a way that you could smell rotting corpses (laughs) a lot quicker. (laughs) Than eight years. Yeah, people usually yeah. don't you stand can go to in the line body for those, farm in though. Knoxville. Yeah, I know. Uh, so if by chance you are making the trek to Oklahoma City uh, this weekend, it's the timing is incredible that it's just happening right now. Uh, Come watch our live podcast and smell a rotting corpse. Is that yep. what you're trying to say? Are yep. you gonna? Are you gonna make me go to that? Things that it's stink for eight hundred, Alex. Yeah, it's supposed to be like impressive. Yeah, it's like a really big. Oh wait, so it's gonna make a flower too? Yes. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's it. I I sent you the picture on. on... I did, but there's no flower. Not yet. Well, it doesn't really look like a flower. Hold on, Keith. Let me right now. Well, no, she sent me a picture, but it just looks like it. Well, that's what it looks like right now. The smell was coming from the flower. That's what it looks like right now. That'll open up and become the flower. It looks a little phallic. The name. It's not a cactus. The name of it is amorph. Amorphophallus titanum. Wait, it's not a cactus? It no. totally looks no, like it's a, not cactus a cactus in my picture. It's a palm. It looks like a bromeliad. Oh. It's a palm. My first job when I moved to Oklahoma City was at the Myriad Botanic Gardens. Really? Really? Yeah, I love it there. I'm excited to take my kids back when we when we. Come well, maybe you'll get to smell the corpse flower when you're in town. I will make them smell that corpse That's flower. That's right. <laughs> you will do it. Yes. And it's very exciting because, I mean, if it, if it takes eight and a half years for this bad boy to come to fruition, of course we're excited about it. And Oklahoma Dude, they City have a has live it. stream of it. See? Yeah. It's pretty damn exciting. It doesn't have anything to do Ooh. with boats, but I didn't know that was our theme. What what good would a live stream be without like smell of vision? Smell of vision. No, that's the best part. But you gotta know I, when it's getting you know, ready. Really you know what they somewhat you know what? The the plot with candle lady at Bill Circle. She oh dear God. did make a corpse scented candle. So no, when you're live stream no, she I said she should. Oh she should make God. a, a corpse-scented candle, and then you can watch the live stream and light the candle, <laughs> and there's your smell-o-vision, Pat. There you For go. For those of you who have listened to the podcast before, I will say again, I had rotting tiny turtle corpse in my dorm when I was in college yep. for days and days and weeks and weeks, and I don't have any desire to smell rotting corpse. I mean, yuck. Yeah, uh, I, I, it's really gross. I think it might be a really good way to determine whether or not someone would be a good pathologist or a crime scene <laughs> investigator. You take them to the thing, That's you know, really good. You yeah. take them to the thing and see how well they do. And if they vomit everywhere, you'll go, this is not a career. For oh, you. no, <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Do you think it smells so bad that people are going to like be wretched? Yes. Because. I will tell you, when we stood in line to see the one in Denver, they handed out little vomit bags. It was, <gasps> yes. it was, it was printed. They were, they were like take-home yes. souvenir bags. Yes. And it 
again, it didn't. Oh my smell. gosh! That's well, it, it only smells after it's opened a certain yeah. amount yeah. of time, so it's not ready yet. But I'm thinking by this weekend, we ought to be getting pretty dang close. Okay, so it's you very guys exciting. Go look at that, and I'm going to go book shopping <laughs> somewhere because um, I yeah. will be in Edmond smelling my book scented candle. <laughs> There's certain things that you shouldn't have smell a vision for, like um, I don't know the corpse flower and maybe <laughs> what it smells like on one of those boats that we talked about. I don't think I would want to smell that. Oh wait, so Pat, I have a question. Speaking of corpses and boats, yes. Oh, oh but no, no, his whole crew survived, right? So never mind. That negates yeah. my question. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's gonna say. Never mind. Maybe there's some just dog not the poor dogs. There, but- Probably, but yeah. I'm if like if there ha- if not all of this crew had survived, I wonder if they would just still be intact, like the boat, like if it would be oh, like a frozen enough. body. No, because you have all kinds of uh, fish and whatnot. Fish, fish yeah, love them a snack yeah, down true, there. True, yeah, true. underwater. Yeah, remember reading Hatchet? That's yeah. one of the big things I remember from Hatchet. Does anyone remember that? Like, I don't. But somebody was just talking about pilot. that. Book. He like dives down and sees and sees the fish nibbling at the pilot. Uh, yeah, uh, I never read Hatchet. Since we're talking about corpses, yeah, yummy. I said since we're talking about corpses. Oh no! <laughs> oh wait, I do have one. I have a I have a book question for JC. Okay, what what inspired your book? Like, what um, brought that book? Like, what made you come up with that storyline? So, what made me come up with it was realizing one day, like in a you know, just like a lightning strike that I, and probably a lot of other people had more in common with Mary Bennett than Lizzie Bennett, that like, we wanted to be witty like Lizzie and we wanted to have those perfect one liners. Um, but that we were probably came up with them 10 minutes later when nobody else was around. And yeah, so I was just like, Oh, Mary needs a story. She needs her own story. Mm. And it turns out there are a lot of, I'm not by, I mean, so many people have come to that same conclusion. So I think she's like, she's one of those characters that's not very, she wasn't really explored in Pride and Prejudice. She's like such a background character. She's not even like secondary, she's maybe tertiary sort of thing. So um, yeah, I just thought. Yeah, she generally doesn't get a lot of love. Now, is this your first book or? Yeah, yeah. Yes, debut. my show debut. Yep. So now um, we're going to have you back on the show uh, a few years from now when we will all have a copy signed on our shelves and <laughs> we will all be able to sell that bad boy for hundreds and thousands of dollars. <laughs> She'll have like her 12th bestseller out. Yep. Oh, man. Yep. We'll have to really work hard to get it. We're going to have to work that calendar I know. Out. You're going to have yeah. to remember... Like the remember the little know, guys. We knew you here. when. Yeah. Yeah. Don't forget I us say, when you're rich. I was in another bookstore the other day and it was like front and center on and the YA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was face out. Like because I stopped because it it was I feel like it might have been out before it was supposed to be out, possibly. Yeah, it was that happens. Which like doesn't count toward pre-sale, like pre-orders then is something that I learned. Yeah. Oh. Because I remember close. like I stopped because I saw the cover and I was like. I didn't think that was out yet, <laughs> but it was yeah. space out like on the end cap. So uh, I was like, oh, 
Love to see that. Yeah. No, I, I was getting tagged in some posts of people seeing it in bookstores before, cause it came out March 15th before March 15th. And you're so happy to see it, but also you're like, Oh, that doesn't count. Like, cause that those like first week sales are such a big thing yes. in the writer world. So I can tell you what day it was. It was my birthday. It was March 11th. Cause I went to the bookstore. <laughs> so it was, mm-hmm. it was out quite a bit early and I was like, yeah, yeah. Wait. I like double checked. Like I got my email out and I was like, no, okay. I'm not losing my mind. <laughs> yeah, it happens. I think it happens to like so, so many books. Yeah. But it was face out. It was prominent. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that is the most exciting thing. Like <laughs> yes. I hope people bought it early and it's still face out. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> So it'll be exciting because we get to have Jenny come to our event. And so you'll get to meet her there. Get yourself a signed copy. Or come on Saturday and get a signed copy. To her event. Yeah. Yeah. Do both. Yeah. I mean, but if she's there anyway... Surely she's not going to say, oh, well, you have to come back tomorrow <laughs> okay. to have me sign. I just, I throw the book in their face. Yeah. To come back. <laughs> They're like, you have no. tomorrow. Bring your own back tomorrow. Excuse me. <laughs> Tell them exactly that because I don't want to wait in line to get my book signed on <laughs> well, we, we, come first. <laughs> we come first, always. <laughs> yeah, so we're Friday the 1st at 7. And no shenanigans, no shenanigans. And JC is the second. Are you, what time is your event on the second? 3 PM. 3 PM. Okay. Second at 3 PM. And I'm doing like an in combo style because the idea of reading, I haven't yet done anything where I read an excerpt of my book. Um, that sounds terrifying. So, um, I'm going to be speaking with Melissa Scaramucci, who's, she's a producer in Oklahoma city and just all around wonderful human. Uh, I, I volunteered for Dead Center Film Festival when I lived in Oklahoma and my husband was like one of the volunteer staff positions. So we really got to know a lot of the people within that world. So we're going to be chatting about the book and it should be fun. Yay. That's awesome. awesome. Don't forget to uh, <laughs> everyone's favorite corpse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have an answer for this. Actually. Oh my gosh. Your, no, oh, wait, 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 that's wait. creepy. So who's your favorite corpse? Jenny. Okay, I, I, oh, go ahead, Jenny, go first. My favorite corpse. Can I just name a dead person? Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, don't name someone you wish was dead yeah. because <laughs> then it's going to be used against you in a court of law. Like, well, of all the corpses I've seen, my favorite, if I had to rank. Um, no, I mean, I'm going to be cliche here and say my favorite corpse is Jane Austen because without her, I wouldn't be here. Oh, she probably doesn't smell anymore either. No, No. I don't think she probably does. (laughs) No, I have one that I have one because of the history of it is fascinating. So we all know like the CPR mannequin, right? Oh dear God. Okay. So, so the CPR mannequin was based on a child that drowned um in the i'm pretty sure it was in england in the thames and they never identified her and they used her as the the mask to create the cpr dummies because they just never identified who she was okay are you sure it's not an urban myth because no, i feel I like i've heard five different stories nope, about who I'm that looking, stupid I'm, dummy is based i'm on. googling it right now not she wasn't pulled out of the thames she was See? in france Sen, Sen, Sen. the river Sen. i am i am sorry we to suck. the entirety of europe today geography and mm-hmm. us do not um, mix yeah it says since the body showed no signs of violence um suicide was suspected and a pathologist of paris morgue was a, 
according to the story, was taken by her beauty that he felt compelled to make a wax plaster death mask. Ew. That thing isn't, that thing's weird looking. It's not beautiful. Oh my God. Megan. That's That's really morbid. But I just think the story's fascinating. Like, cause that, like, you don't ever, yeah. So she, that's, she. Okay, was, now she we was, all oh. understand that Megan is a freak and we didn't know about this before. <laughs> so. I'm a true crime person. Why, of course I would know this. Megan if Megan's a freak, what do you think about that mortician who thought that a dead body was so lovely? That yeah. yeah, that's pretty fucking creepy. That's so really much. creepy too. Yeah, yeah. And it was a child, so. Ooh. Yes. Yes. I hope he didn't do anything oh, else besides just pedophile. take a mold of that mess. Oh, Keith. So what else did he do? That's the <laughs> okay, question. But let's talk about the fact that her people have then, you, it says, became a popular fixture on the wall of artist homes in the 1900s. So like people then yeah, use but the picture to, but, yeah, and but here, put it on their walls. But you, what you have to realize is that people also included dead people in their family photographs back then. That's true. Yeah, what's it so, called? Memento Mori yeah, or something like yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah you, really cool. they would put them on like a, they would, they would, uh, what? Yeah, this oh, is yeah. actually true. They would, um, I put heard it too. Like a, a like corpse frame. Chairs. Like a corpse oh, frame. Right. In that book, The Wonder, that you and I both yes. read, Martha. Yes. And they had, then they'd paint their eyelids so they looked like their eyes were open. Yes. And then they, they, yes. like, like stand, stand the rest of the family around them so they look like they're, yeah, because people didn't get photos. So they're no. like, well, crap, grandma they're died. Like, yep, we she's died. Wait, everybody gather around quick before she rots. Take yeah. a See, this is why Keith reads romance, <laughs> because they don't talk about any of this gross stuff in my book. So come on down to Oklahoma City. Smell yourself a corpse flower. <laughs> <laughs> and it might smell like the CPR dummy body. Yay! <laughs> come smell the corpse flower and think about grandma. Oh! oh, this reminds me of the last picture with Grandma. Oh! <laughs> Good God. Now that's going to do it for Three, three book, book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.